My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 158 of The Kate Show. Guys, I've had long-held opinions that Pinterest is the best platform for designers, stagers, and organizers, and other creatives in the home industry. However, and this is a really big however, it seems that even Pinterest can't say no to big advertisers and their deep pockets. If you've heard rumors of Pinterest completely revamping the way your analytics appear, which might have made your stats artificially plummet, by the way. And if you've felt the rumblings of another house situation brewing, this episode of The Kate Show is for you. Pinterest is quietly making changes to their platform. While they have the right to make these changes, you have a right to be aware of how they intend to use your content and how those changes will directly affect your marketing as a home industry entrepreneur. Now, if you're getting nervous, let me just say this. You should not go rush to delete your Pinterest account based on these changes any more than you should delete your house account. The only reason you should delete a platform like this is if you firmly believe that you don't need it, which is a possibility. I mean, I'm not going to stand over here in my little podcast world and say, oh, you need Pinterest. You don't need Pinterest. But Pinterest can serve you in a few good ways, and I will talk about how you can move forward with Pinterest and some safer ways to do that at the end of this episode. But today I'm sharing a summary of Pinterest changes and what you can consider changing in your activities to potentially offset or circumvent any unwanted outcomes. The information I'm sharing today is crucial, so I want you guys to make sure you are subscribed to this podcast because Pinterest is really creating a good track record for themselves. And by good, I mean kind of not good, (laughs) kind of annoying, Uh, which means there might be more to come. So I don't want you to miss out on that. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you leave a rating and a review. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. I don't want you to miss everything that is coming down the pipeline. Now, before we get into the episode, I want to give a shout out to the reviewer of the week. And this is from RR Design MA, which I believe stands for Massachusetts. So shout out to all my Massachusetts listeners, here is what they have to say. Listening to Kate's podcast every week is a must for all home industry entrepreneurs. Each week, Kate brings new and insightful information and advice that is right on target with the changes going on in our industry. From updated advice on social media to new platforms to bringing our business to the next level, Kate's show gives us everything we need for success. Thanks, Kate, for sharing your wealth of knowledge. And thank you. I really appreciate it. Guys, I love it when you leave me reviews, not just because you say nice things, but because it really helps me know whether I am on target and providing the kind of content that you need to help you in your business. All right, enough chatting. Let's get into the meat of this episode all about Pinterest. Today's episode of The Kate Show is brought to you in part by Employee to Designer. Employee to Designer is a 12-week coaching program for anyone who is dreaming of becoming an interior designer. This program takes you step-by-step through building a six-figure design business to replace your corporate income and give you the freedom to live life on your own terms and be your own boss. You'll learn the foundational principles of business mindset and confidence, pricing and packaging your services, and the key systems and processes every successful interior designer should use. Employee to Designer is an IDCEC accredited coaching program, which means you'll earn eight credits that you can use toward your official interior design certification. To sign up for Employee to Designer and start your 12-week countdown to a new career, go to EmployeeToDesigner.com. 
Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. This episode of The Kate Show is brought to you by Side Door. As an interior designer, a home stager, a window treatment professional, or a home organizer, you guys deal with products every day, many of which your existing audience would love to own. If you're dreaming of selling product through your website or through your social media platforms, but you just don't want to be bogged down by ordering and shipping and loads of inventory, you need Side Door. When Side Door entered the home industry in early 2020, they changed everything. Side Door lets you source and curate the perfect trade-only pieces for your customers' homes. And with their seamless platform, you can create product collections with ease. Curate an entire room, specialize in a certain aesthetic, or simply create a collection of, I don't know, your favorite area rugs. Whatever you know your clients love would make for a great Side Door collection. You curate the look, Side Door handles ordering and shipping, and you make money. Plus, you can sell each collection many times over, creating the perfect opportunity for recurring income. Or if you really just want to keep things simple, you can use Side Door to buy products yourself at designer pricing without needing to have an account with various vendors or meet any of their required minimums. It's about power to the designer, people. If you're ready to truly scale your home industry business, go to OnSideDoor.com and apply to join. Now, let's get to today's episode. Before I dive into the two major changes that Pinterest has made thus far in 2021, I want to define a few key terms just to make sure we're all on the same page here. So here it is. A repin is something that was already on Pinterest. You did not upload it, but you did save it to one of your boards. You repinned something that a different user pinned. A fresh or organic pin is content that you uploaded directly to Pinterest or that you pinned directly from your own website to Pinterest. Fresh pins can include pinning the same link, like a link to your recent blog post, more than once, but using a different pin graphic each time. So if I were to pin my latest episode of The Kate Show, then that's great, that's fresh content, and then let's say my team comes along and makes like three or four more graphics for that same episode, we pin all that, it all links back to the same episode, but it all has a different image. That's all fresh content, all perfectly acceptable, and a good way to go about Pinterest. More on that later. Now, the next term you need to know is a verified website. A verified website with Pinterest means that you have a Pinterest business account and that you have added the HTML tag to the header section of your website. Your Pinterest account under the settings area will tell you whether your site is verified, and that step is really important. I will explain why shortly. Now, into the, the meat of it. Pinterest has made two big updates. I'm going to start with one that is just kind of annoying, and then we'll end with the heavier one. So the first one is this. Saved pins don't matter anymore. This is a huge shift for Pinterest. Up until January 21st, 2021, your Pinterest analytics included traffic data from your original pins, so from your organic, all your fresh pins, and from all your repins. So you were pinning content from other pinners because it was popular, and you were kind of riding off the tail of popularity and to get your own content to become popular. That's something that my team has done for a long time. It's something I have encouraged because it has worked extremely well. 
But now those stats don't matter. As of late January, the stats on repins are no longer available. They are no longer going to show up in your account. They're not going to show up toward your number of impressions per month. And more information about this is available directly from Pinterest. I have it linked in the show notes. I'm not going to read it right now because it's just blah, 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 in my opinion. That This is the bottom line, though. The pins that you save from other people, the repins, the things that you repin, basically. I'm trying to say this as clearly as possible, guys. The things that you repin no longer count toward your stats. Now, the only stats that will be measured are the stats that you generate from your own pins from your own website. All right, I think that's clear enough. Now, here's why this update really annoys me. Three different reasons. Number one, the data from repins was really helpful in determining the interest of your audience. And number two, repinning content that was already popular was a really great way to enhance the organic reach of your pins, of your profile, and thus increase your reach. Number three, repinning content that you already know your client enjoys was nearly a surefire way to help them find your content more quickly. It was really about the network effect. It was about knowing the right people or pinning the right pins, if you know what I mean. Now that Pinterest is only measuring the reach and impressions of your own pins, Pinterest might indicate that your stats plummeted around, unsurprisingly, January 21st. Now, I've seen this in multiple Pinterest accounts over the past few weeks, and some people are freaked out by it. Some people are just like, oh, whatever, I don't really care anyway. And we really don't have to care all that much, but it is annoying. And as someone who likes to watch the stats, anytime they flatline or take a nosedive, I'm like, what the heck? But if that happened to your Pinterest account, just know that you're not crazy. You likely didn't do anything wrong. It's just now the metrics are being measured differently, and there's absolutely nothing we can do about that. I don't want you to get discouraged. I want you to instead look at the bright side. The bright side is that any traffic or impressions or reach that you see in your analytics section of Pinterest now is all you. It's all you, baby. The content that you're putting out there is getting noticed, including if other people pinned content from your website to Pinterest. As long as your website is verified with Pinterest, Pinterest will see that, oh, Jane Smith just pinned content from New York City Homestager, and that will count toward your stats. That's awesome. That is actually a nice feature. That means your Pinterest stats are global and not just limited to you pinning your own pins. If another pinner freshly pinned something from your website, you will see the stats on that. Now... Here is the other update that Pinterest made, and this is something that has gotten a lot of people in the home industry pretty fired up because it reminds us of a different situation that happened a few years ago. So do you guys remember when House started tagging the portfolio images of its users, like designers and builders, and directing homeowners to where they could buy those products retail? I mean, it was straight retail. They could buy it from House, they could buy it from other vendors not trade-only vendors. And the crazy thing is, well, that's like whatever, they were actually using the portfolio images of designers and builders as their own marketing content, which just feels so slimy. Those project images were beautiful, but they were being used in a very shady fashion, and no one likes to be used. The resounding response from house professionals was impossible to ignore and resulted in a mass exodus. That said, there were and still are home pros who use house, people who didn't delete their profiles, 
or participate in the mass exodus who didn't remove their project images. Perhaps it's because they knew they could never fully remove their images from the house platform anyway. Maybe it was because they understood that their high-end ideal client wouldn't take the time to buy big box store retail products anyway, regardless of how much House tried to sell it to them. Maybe House became nothing more than a photo library for them, not a strong enough force for or against their business, like a watered-down version of their website. Who knows? Your reaction and response to the House situation a few years ago is likely going to impact your next steps with Pinterest, as Pinterest is basically doing the same thing. While they don't make money directly from the products they might tag in your high-end photos, they do make money off the brands who are paying them to tag their products in your images. But wait, you might say, I don't source retail products for my projects. Well, that doesn't really matter. Pinterest will now link to brands that provide low-quality, mass-produced alternatives to the trade-only, designer-quality products that you source and sell to your clients. Now, for an in-depth look at why Pinterest is doing this and how it's doing it, you need to go check out the deeply researched blog post from Kyla of House of Hipsters. I have two of her blog posts linked in my show notes because this woman knows her stuff. She actually used to work with Pinterest or like be on one of their outlying teams. And her insight is super interesting. It's also just kind of hilarious to read because she's kind of a comedian in her writing, but she makes a lot of good points. So again, that would be Kyla of House of Hipsters. You can Google her if you want, or you can just get the link directly from my show notes. Now, if you want the full history on what Pinterest has been doing and how it impacts content creators, meaning you, meaning me, she also has another blog post about that, which I will also link. And guys, this is the thing that bothers a lot of people. It honestly bothers me as well. In fact, when House started doing this, I actually, as an agency, stopped offering house management services because I just felt wrong about it. I felt like if this is how house is going to treat designers, I do not support that and I am not going to encourage designers to use their platform if this is how they will be treated. Now, does house have a right to do what they're doing? Does Pinterest have a right to do what they're doing? Well, they do own the platform and if they're clear about it in their terms and conditions, I guess, whatever, you know, but here's the thing. They're not always transparent about this stuff, and it can leave a lot of people feeling blindsided and a lot of people feeling used. I mean, some designers have made some really good points as far as, hey, that professional photography that I have on Pinterest that they tagged all those chintzy retail products in, yeah, I paid a photographer to take that photo for me. I paid for the usage right, and now... Pinterest can just sell that photo essentially to all these different brands who are trying to get the attention of homeowners and then sell their retail products? Like, how is that right? That's a great question. I don't know the answer to it. I'm not accusing Pinterest of anything, just like I'm not accusing House of anything or didn't accuse them of anything back in the day. I'm just saying people are asking a lot of really good questions here. These people are smart. They're thinking analytically and also objectively, and there are no clear answers being given. So that's kind of a, a red flag to me. I'm taking a break from this episode really quickly to chat about Side Door one more time. Why? Well, guys, I believe you shouldn't have to constantly trade hours for dollars in your business, and I bet you believe the same thing. If you are ready to take your home industry business to the next level, you need to consider signing up for Side Door. Sidedoor is the only platform that lets you create a custom shop of your favorite trade-only products. 
you make the sale and they'll handle ordering and shipping. Or you could just use SideDoor to purchase products yourself at designer pricing without any vendor accounts or minimums required. It honestly doesn't get any more brilliant than this. So many of my listeners are already using SideDoor and for good reason. You can sell products on your own website and even from your own social media profiles. It's pretty much genius. If you have dreamed about having an online shop, but you just didn't want to take care of the technology or having inventory or just all the headache and stress that can come along with that, SideDoor could be a great solution for you. Sign up at OnSideDoor.com. Going forward, as a home professional, how should you be using Pinterest? You guys might be like, oh my gosh, I'm so done with this. I'm deleting Pinterest, just like I deleted House. I cannot stand this. And you know what? If that's how you feel, then go for it. But it's not completely necessary. In fact, Pinterest can still be helpful to you, especially if you're blogging. If you blog at least once a month, you can pin those posts on a relevant board on your Pinterest account, and Pinterest can still then serve you and help you out with your website traffic. However, here are a few things that you should be adjusting in your Pinterest strategy. And yes, they go directly against my previous Pinterest advice. So if you have been listening to my podcast for a while and you've heard my other two or three episodes on Pinterest, hold on to your seat because unfortunately I'm about to contradict myself and that's only because Pinterest has changed. Therefore, our strategies need to change as well. So number one, make sure your website is verified with Pinterest so that you can receive proper credit and accurate reporting on all the pins that have been created from your content or your website including when someone else pins items from your website to Pinterest. Number two, avoid using story pins. While the Pinterest algorithm loves them, and you'll probably get a lot of hits on them, Pinterest does not actually allow for a story pin to link back to your website. In fact, it won't let it link anywhere as far as I know. That is harmful to you because it means It's not providing a doorway to your website. It's just providing content for Pinterest users and therefore keeping them on the platform longer. And therefore, it's only serving Pinterest. This is something Instagram has been doing for a long time. So before you get mad at Pinterest, just know that if you are an avid Instagram user, you're already being treated this way by Instagram. It's really not anything new, but it's also really not helpful to you. Number three, this is the part where I contradict myself. Okay, guys, forgive me here, but this has to happen. Stop pinning content from other users on Pinterest. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I just had to say that. (laughs) This is tough, guys. Pin your own blog post from your own website. Do not pin content from other users as part of your marketing strategy on Pinterest. Now, if you are using Pinterest to present ideas to clients, yes, you can pin from other users. I'm not saying that you can't do that. I'm just saying if you're trying to use that as a strategy to grow your account, as of January 21st, it's no longer effective. There's no longer a point to it. So you can do it, but just don't expect your stats to increase because they won't because they're no longer measuring content that you repin. Number four, create multiple graphics for each blog post you release each video you release or what other media you might have that you release and make sure all those graphics link back to the proper page of your website. Number five, consider using video pins. Now do not confuse these with story pins. It's totally different. Video pins are really just 
of video that you upload directly to Pinterest and then provide a URL that links back to whatever page makes sense on your website. Video pins could include you talking directly to the camera about something, touring a job site, presenting a tutorial of some kind. Now, the good thing is, guys, as far as I know, they do not yet, Pinterest doesn't yet have a way to tag products in a video, which means that if you were to do a walkthrough of one of your completed projects, you should be safe. And don't quote me on that. Things can change on a dime these days. But as far as I know, that's still safe to do. Now, let's talk overarching strategy. In total, you should aim for about 15 to 30 pins directly linking back to your website every month. This doesn't mean you need to go write 30 blog posts in a month. That would be insane. It does mean that you should create three to five graphics for each blog post, each video, each audiogram. Podcasters, you know what I mean. If you're not a podcaster, don't worry about what the heck an audiogram is. And that is your strategy. Pinterest is still good for giving you website traffic, but make sure you're only pinning things from your website. Otherwise, you're not going to get that website traffic. Now, this is the crazy part because I used to say pin 12 to 15 items per day. Now I'm saying uh, 15 to 30 pins a month. Oh my goodness, like what a decrease. But the good news is this strategy is actually still effective. Case in point, I have proof, I have the screenshots. The Socialite Agency Pinterest account produces around one fresh pin per day. So that's fresh content my team pins or uploads directly from katethesocialite.com or socialitevault.com. And we have a reach of 1.7 million per month, even though we've only created on average about one pin a day. My team does not repin content from other users ever. That's mainly because we do not want to spread marketing disinformation. That statement sounded really political, didn't it? <laughs> I was not intending for that to sound political. But basically, you guys know, and I know this is the reason a lot of you follow me, I have a lot of very unique ideas about marketing, and I'm hoping that they catch on. I think they're starting to catch on. In fact, Salima, who was just on the podcast, she and I pretty much share the same marketing brain, so that was extremely refreshing. I don't see that often, but that does mean that while I would repin Salima's content all day long because I want to support her. I don't even know if she's on Pinterest, guys. It doesn't matter. I don't just randomly pin from other people, other marketers, because there's just, there's too much conflicting information out there. So that's why I had told my team, don't bother repinning, just pin content from me, because I just, I didn't really care. You know, I didn't really care at that point. However, turns out it was a good decision because when Pinterest made their analytics change, our stats were not affected at all. We are still at about 1.7 million, 1.8 million views per month. And that is on Kate Socialite content. No one else's. And I have a screenshot to show you guys this because I want you to know that even though this is a huge change in what I've said previously, it works. I have the proof. Now, let's talk about how we tackle the other issue of your pins becoming shoppable against your will. Well, there might be a way out of it. Pinterest does have a way for you to request that the visual search suggestions be turned off for your pins. I have the link for that in the show notes. And guys, this is one of those episodes where you're, you will have to go to the show notes because there's a lot of resources here for you. So I want you to go to the kateshowpodcast.com and then go to episode 158. That's where you're going to find all the things I've mentioned here. It's very worth going to. 
Now, final thoughts on Pinterest. Some of you might be upset right now. Some of you might be frustrated, overwhelmed, confused, and I get it. Honestly, I was stressing out about this for a few days, and then I was like, all right, I have to make an episode because people are talking to me on the phone about it. People are emailing me about it. People are people are upset. Okay, and I was seeing social media posts about it. But here's the thing. Pinterest is still a relevant and useful way to expand the reach of your blog posts. It's still a good place to pin mood boards. Now, I would hesitate before pinning a full room photo, like you just did this beautiful project, you want to get all those images out there. I would really be careful about it unless you know that your ideal client isn't the type to shop around or go the DIY route, which means if your pin becomes shoppable against your will, they're not going to be interested in the cheap, crappy little retail products that they're trying to say match the products you used in that photo anyway. Many of you serve high-end clients, which means Pinterest can make your photos shoppable until they're blue in the face and it really isn't going to have much impact on your business. That's just my opinion. I mean, take it with a grain of salt. Now, here's the deal. My agency will still continue using Pinterest and I still encourage our clients to use it even if they are just sharing their blog posts. So if you blog at least once a month or if you sell physical products, whether it's from a side door or something else, or you create videos, even just one of those is a good enough reason to stay on Pinterest. But just be careful about pinning your portfolio images. Now, if you're like, oh no, I'm going to go delete all my images from Pinterest, at least those that are images of my work, you can. But here's the thing about the internet. Once you've uploaded something, it's there forever. It's not something that you can actually delete just by clicking delete. I know it kind of is unfortunate, but that's just the way the world is right now. Big tech companies are going to make changes like this without warning, and we're going to feel like we've been backed into a corner. We've seen this recently on Instagram. If you guys heard my podcast a few weeks ago or a month ago, or heck, when was it? I don't know. Instagram is just full of nonsense these days. And we see it on Facebook all the time, too. They're always making changes. And Pinterest is no exception. This is why I've been preaching for years that your marketing strategy and your sales funnel should not be boxed in by these social platforms. These platforms do not have your best interest at heart as a business owner. These businesses are focused on pleasing their shareholders and their advertisers. Not so ironically, by the way, guys, right around the time Pinterest was making all these updates, especially the shoppable updates, they actually went public as a company. What does that tell you? Okay, follow the money, right? As business owners, we shouldn't throw a fit when these changes happen. They're going to happen. We should instead see this as confirmation that our online marketing needs to be independently supported by the one thing that they cannot outright take from us. Any guesses on what that is? Mm, email marketing. You guys knew I was going there, right? <laughs> email marketing isn't based on an algorithm. It's not at the mercy of big tech and their convoluted financial goals or their sneaky terms of service updates. If you've been watching these changes with any level of trepidation and you still haven't put together an email list, you still don't have a lead magnet, you still don't have any form of ongoing email marketing, honestly, guys, I'm not sure how else to help you. You've been given so many warning signs. The problem isn't going away, but the good news is, is the solution from years ago is the solution of today. Email marketing. I say this because I care about you and I care about the success of your marketing, and I know what it feels like to be working so hard in your business, working so hard to grow it, and then to have the rug pulled out from under you in one of these ways. It's hard, I know, but here's what I'm going to tell you in the name of tough love. 
get your stuff together and focus on email. If you do not have an email list yet, I want you to go look back at some of my email marketing episodes. There's episode 75, episode 148, and I know there are others as well. I have those linked in the show notes. You have alternatives, okay? Just remember that Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, even Google, they are all just tools. You never use one tool for everything in your business. Can you imagine if someone just handed you a tape measure and said, okay, go design this room? You need more than a tape measure. And you need more than just Pinterest or just Instagram or what have you. You can use these tools when appropriate, but you're not going to use every tool all the time because they have a shelf life. Email marketing, however, has been around for a very long time and it will continue to. It's more effective than social media anyway. So if you have not made the decision to focus your efforts on getting your sales funnel set up, you need to do that. A sales funnel means that you have a way to attract leads into your mailing list through the use of a lead magnet. It means you are focusing on your SEO by blogging about once or twice a month. It means you are following up with and nurturing the leads in your mailing list through a monthly email newsletter, or maybe you send a newsletter every two weeks instead of every month. That is a sales funnel. It has worked consistently for decades. It will continue working because it's not based on an algorithm. All right, guys, I'll get off my soapbox for now, but good grief, guys. (laughs) 2021 has been an interesting year so far, and it's only the beginning of April. All right, tune in next week to hear more. And until then, I hope that you can keep your marketing simple and your message clear. And don't let this stuff freak you out because as long as you know about it, you can navigate it. All right, guys, talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.